what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. After a few weekends off, we're back at it tomorrow at Canterbury Park, just outside Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's the first time since 2010 the venue has hosted a motorcycle race. And for most riders, it'll be the first time they've seen this track. We'll see how the surface is prepped for this weekend, but my memory of the track is rough and deep, similar to the Oklahoma City Mile. Although the championships for both classes have already been locked up, don't expect these riders to back off the throttle. There's still a solid battle for third, fourth, and fifth in the singles class. Stallings, Bromley, and Carlisle are this year's mile race winners, with Carlisle winning two miles himself. Expect other riders like Wells, Shana Texter, and Price to compete and potentially get their first mile win of the season. Max Whale and Tanner Dean are two wild cards I could also see putting on a strong show at this weekend's event. Meese has locked up the championship in the Twins class, and while he missed his chance to break Ricky Graham's win record in Williams Grove, he'll be just as eager to tie it with wins at the last two events. Though he'll be favored in this event, there are several other riders looking to steal another win away from the 2018 champ. You can never count out Smith on a mile track, regardless of the track conditions. If the track is deep, I think Wiles will run up front and compete for the win. You can't count out Carvers, he's the only other rider besides Smith to win on a mile in 2018. Briar Bauman is riding the momentum train and hung with the pack in the second Springfield mile event in September. J.D. Beach has signed to race the final two miles. It'll be interesting to see how Jiggy Dog does on the Estenson Yamaha. Coolbeth, who actually won last time we raced at Canterbury Park in 2010, will set out this event, serving his one race suspension from the altercation at Williams Grove. I want to thank all the fans for calling and voicing their opinions on last week's topic. We got a lot of feedback, and it's clear this was definitely a polarizing subject. End of the day, I feel it was a racing incident. As someone who's gone after another rider myself after contact on the track, I can understand Coolbest's frustration. While I don't 100% agree with the penalties, I do understand the need for AMA Pro Racing to set a precedent for future events such as this. I have nothing but the utmost respect for both riders, and they are both great people. We'll hear your feedback at the end of this week's episode, and we encourage you to continue to call in and voice your opinion on future topics. This week's topic is related to a new racing format. There has been no official press release outlining this format, but rumor is it will be similar to Williams Grove. Watch Saturday on FansChoice.tv, then call in, leave us a message telling us your thoughts. 904-395-5956. This week's guest is one we've been wanting to talk to for a while. He is the man behind the company you've seen just about everywhere in our sport this season and a longtime fan of Flat Track. I couldn't believe it when I heard he's a fan of the podcast and wanted to have him on to tell his story, talk about the 2018 season, and his plans for the future. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the owner of Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield. Hello. Hey, uh, who, who's this? This is Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems out of Dallas, Texas. Well, it's good to have you on the phone. I asked Siri, I said, who is the biggest, newest, greatest sponsor in American Flat Track? And this number came up, so it has to be Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, right? I, absolutely. Thank you, Scotty, for having <laughs> me. I appreciate it, sir. How are you doing, sir? It's good to talk to you. I'm doing very well. Uh, it's been a rainy month in the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston area where all my roofing projects are at. So it's been a little trying, but uh, we've been doing some racing and getting some good finishes, you know. So I'm very proud of all the teams. That's awesome. So let's talk about it. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas is the company that you own, and you said it's trying right now. So with the rain, you can't do a lot of roofing, but 
does the rain create more jobs for you? I mean, does that help your business too in the long run? You know, you would think that, but we are a kind of a niche company. You know, we just don't go out there and work for every company that asks us to. We, we we work for some big giant property managers and some big engineering firms that, uh, so if you really counted all my customers on one hand, it'd probably be four. Wow. And those four, those four people just keep me busy year round because, you know, at, at our company, we, we strive for perfection. So we're pretty good at what we do. And, and I think my customers appreciate it and they like the quality of the work and, you know, we charge a fair price for our work. We want to make money. That's how we we live and go racing and take care of our families. But uh, at this point, it's really working good. So, is Roof Systems a more of a commercialized business? I mean, or do you do, do you residential homes as well? Uh, no, we don't do any residential homes at all. Uh, okay. We're strictly a commercial roofing and sheet metal company. Okay, I love it. So evidently, you guys, you guys must be doing something right because we're seeing roof systems of Dallas, Texas, all over the place, especially in flat tracks. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. Thank you, and I will. <laughs> all right. So let's get in. Let's get to know Jerry a little bit. So where were you born? I was born in Evansville, Indiana. That's Southern Indiana. Uh, the year 1956. Okay. So how'd you end up in Texas? My father was a guy that liked to move around a bit, and he had his roofing company in Evansville, Indiana, until 1979, and then he moved it to Texas, and a year later, I followed. Okay. And I followed my father to Texas, and uh, we are actually in East Texas, and that's where my father's business, I worked with my dad for about 22 years before I opened my own business. Awesome. So is your, is your father's business still up and going? No, my father passed away, and uh, prior to my father passing away, I just didn't want to run his business. So he decided to just kind of sell it off piece by piece, and I wanted to go kind of do my own thing for a while. So I went out to the East Coast for a little while and ran a company out there. And at that point in time in my life, I don't think I was 100% ready to run a company. So I wanted to go learn some more about this business, not basic you know, application side of it, but the more internal side of it, the business side of it. And that's what I did. I went and learned for a couple more years and came back to Dallas and found one of the greatest teachers in the world and soaked it up like a sponge. And then I went on my own and it's okay. been very successful ever since. That's awesome. That's a great story. So how does a guy that owns a roofing company get involved in, in motorcycles? Did you start as a, as a child? Yes. Uh, my father, I remember I couldn't have been over four or five years old put me on his red Harley Davidson Sportster on the tank. And we were, when the guys came through the Midwest, the flat track guys came through the Midwest, we were at all the races. I remember going to them. And then wow. throughout the seventies, you know, I got to see some of my really all time heroes from, you know, early seventies, Dick Mann, Mark Brelsford, Jim Rice, you know, Carol Reese, wherever I get, I got to watch Bart Markle cut a tire at, uh, at an indoor concrete race in my hometown, and that was a, one of the coolest things I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. So I've been involved in the flat track thing for, I've been just a huge fan, I guess, my entire life. And so I'm really proud to be where we're setting that right now with American Flat Track. That's awesome. Did you ever throw a leg over one and race flat track yourself? 
I could go straight real well, but turning left was was an issue with me. I mean, I, 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 I just wasn't that good at it. I was I was a better trail rider and a cross country racer than I was than, than anything else. But I I did the short tracks and scramble tracks back in the day, and uh, but uh, some people are meant to do this and some people are not. And I believe I'm one of those that was not. I own a lot of flat track bikes. And right. I may ride them up and down the shop driveway in front of our offices and our, and our, and our race shop, but that don't mean I'm going to go out there and, and throw a leg over it on the, on the Springfield Mile. Absolutely. I, I, I understand that. But you also, you raced a little cross country and, and uh, the cross country series down there in Texas a little bit too, right? Yeah, well, I rode the TCCRA series for a long time and really enjoyed cross country racing because I was brought up in the woods, you know, in Southern Indiana is what me and my cousin did every day was just go trail riding and trail riding. So we got to be pretty good trail riders. And, and then I got in with some buddies down in East Texas and we they said, Hey, come, let's go cross country racing with us. I said, okay, let's go. And the first place I went was Waco, Texas. And, uh, I got six, my first, my first race. And I said, man, this is pretty cool. And I said, man, I'd like to do this some more. And so, we did, we did it for years and years and just had a blast. You know I mean? Like six, 700 riders show up, just camaraderie, family. I mean, it was just something I was really proud to be part of. Well, did you win any races? Got a lot of seconds. Never won a huh. race in my life, Scotty, to be honest with you. I never won a race in my life, and but I, I have a lot of second places. I think you're winning the human race. Does that count? Coming from you, I'll take it, yes. Uh. <laughs> All right. I love it. So uh, a lot of people just started noticing that the, the roof systems of Dallas, Texas, the last few years, especially this year. But you sponsored Terry Pooby and some other riders coming up. Who, who are some of the other riders that you started sponsoring? And when did that start start happening? Well, it was with Terry Pooby throughout the, I think, the mid 80s and into the 90s. And uh, my dad loved Terry Pooby. Oh, my God. I think my dad loved Terry Pooby more than he loved me. And, and that's okay, you know, but, uh, him and Terry were just best buds. He always tell me, Hey, go up and put a roof on Terry's house. And I said, you sure? And he said, I said, go up and put a roof on Terry's house. So we did, you know, he said, here, take his credit card. Don't let Terry pay for nothing. I said, okay. So I go to the races with Terry, ride with the van. And I said, we go up there and we do all that. And I said, my dad says I pay for everything. He says, okay. He had a flat track. He's not going to tell me no. Right. You know, so that was real fun. And then, uh, got out of the pro ranks with Terry and I went amateur racing with a young man named Cody Humphrey and his parents and I were just dear friends and I love them like family. And I think Cody actually raced with Jesse Janice through the amateur series. So Cody did real well. I mean, he won a lot of races and I put him on a road tax and I think we did a bunch of outlaw races and uh, I think the worst finish we ever had on, on a road tax I bought from Terry Poovey actually. Uh, was second on a half mile, and that's but so I sponsored Cody, I guess, a good eight nine years in the amateur race. I mean, he was a young kid, like probably five years old when we started him on it. Wow, and he quit, he quit flat track when he was about 18. Just had enough and decided to do something else. I think he did. I think you know, I mean, you race motorcycles for 10 11 years, and I mean. Maybe some people will get burned out on it. Maybe he did or he did. I don't know. But it's just uh, he went his way and I went mine. And, I got uh, you. We're still friends to this day. 
So you, you mentioned a lot of the big names that you were watching in Indiana when you were growing up. Did any one rider really stick out to you before you moved to Texas and got close to Terry Poovey? Were, were you really close to any of those riders that, in Indiana? Well, I wasn't close to any of them, but my, my all-time favorite miler was Mark Brelsford. Uh, I was a big Brelsford fan. But, I mean, golly, man. I mean, I watched, I was in, I was at Indy in 75 when Kenny Roberts rode that crazy thing he rode. Mm-hmm. But I was always, you know, then I became a Jay Springsteen and a Corky Keener fan. And then, I mean, who wasn't a Scotty Parker fan, you know? But I was a Chris Clark fan, too. Right. You know, but I was, you know, but I was also, Scotty and Chris were, and Jay were, in the younger days, was special. And But if I had to pick one guy, it was Ricky Graham. Oh, man, he's my favorite all time for sure. I mean, that guy could do anything on a motorcycle and things that nobody would even think about doing, he would do it. Ricky was special. I got to know Ricky through Terry and uh, Johnny Gold. That's where I know Johnny from is back in the 90s. Uh, I, I really like Rodney Ferris. We became kind of friends at the races and uh, sad what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, Ricky, Ricky was the guy. Uh, he was special to watch. Absolutely. So in 2017, your name became more and more prevalent on the scene. And uh, the, the one that writer that I think you reached out to first was Kevin Stallings. And that was in, in 2017. Tell us how that went down and, and what made you decide to start helping out at the, the commitment level you're at right now. Well, yeah, I mean, sitting on the couch for the last few years, watching fans choice TV. And like the year before that, I've seen Kevin get posed and, kid was fast, you know, and they call him the freak of nature. And I guess it caught, caught my ear, you know, and caught my eye. And so I think it was a couple of weeks prior to the 2017 Calistoga race. And I called him up and, you know, he's kind of a quiet kid, kind of a backward kid. But I said, well, who's helping you young man? And he said, uh, my mom and my dad. I said, you got no sponsors, nobody else. And he says, uh, no, just my mom and my dad. Both my bikes broke down. I said, wow. So I said, I threw a number out there, and I said, I'll, I'll send you this in the morning. Let it help you. He says, uh, well, I can get both my bikes bikes fixed and uh, get my mom and dad to the Buffalo chip. So I actually sent him more than I originally talked about sending him. So we got Kevin on board. And my first race with Kevin was the uh, – Calistoga half mile, and uh, he qualified well. I think he finished off about sixth our first race together. But he's had some good finishes since then, and Kevin's a good kid. I like him very much. He's he's had you know he's had a string of bad luck. I, I think um, you know if he can get all of his luck you know taken care of and start rubbing his rabbit's foot the right way, I think he'll start winning a lot more races. Yeah, I mean Kevin's still young. He's eighteen years old. He's not like a lot of the racers, you know. He's kind of a kind of a full time student, and uh, not making excuses for him or anything like that. But uh, he's fast at certain tracks, and he's kind of maybe sometimes the team struggles a little bit with setup. But they're always trying. And right. in, in my world, if you at least try, then that's good enough for me. I mean, I want to win races and I want to win championships just like everybody else, you know. But. Or something just for trying. That sometimes Absolutely. that's good enough. 
Absolutely. So what sort of things do you look for when you're deciding to pick up what riders you want to put under the roof systems of Dallas, Texas umbrella? Well, I really want, I mean, everybody wants a fast guy, but I also want a kid that's respectful. And a kid that doesn't, you know, not so demanding, but willing to take what a sponsor like myself can offer as a team. And uh, so what we're putting together for 2019 is, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I can't wait to see that because what you got going on right now is, is pretty cool to me. So um, when did you decide that you wanted to build a team? I mean, you said you, you reached out there with Stallings and a few other riders started falling into place. But when did you decide to start a race team? Probably the day I got in, got involved with Kevin Stallings. Probably that Saturday night at Calistoga, I said, ah, oh, this is it. So that's when I made contact with Jeffrey Carver. And okay. uh, what's, what's not the love about Jeffrey Carver? Exactly. He's, he's cool, man. And uh, him and Ben and I are good friends. And we've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows together as a team. But uh, I think we've done pretty damn good. I would I would agree 1,000%. You guys are, are doing really well. Jeffrey can ride the wheels off of anything also, you know, kind of like Ricky Graham, and, and he, he'll go find a new line if he has to, and he doesn't want to follow, and I, I love that in a rider. So how tough is it to balance the different personalities you have on your team? I mean, we've only, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg right now. you got Stallings, yeah. who you said was quiet and shy. Now you got Carver, who's a little bit more outgoing, but he's really you know, calm. And then you got Ben Evans in there who likes to do everything to the motorcycle. So how hard is it to balance all these different personalities you have? Well, if you kind of see me at the racetrack, you know, I mean, I'm not asking you to pay attention to me. But what I do is I, I borrow Jesse Genesis Grom and I bounce from pit to pit, and I'll I'll go down and see Kevin, make sure he's okay, and and then I'll I'll bounce over to Jesse's pit, make sure he's okay, and do what I can do to help them, and which is not much mechanical stuff. You I know, mean, Jesse kind of does his own thing. You know, Jesse's Jesse, and then I visit Shayna, I visit Briar, and because usually Briar and, and uh, Jeffrey pit side by side since they're both running third and fourth in points together, so that's an easy. That's an easy one. Uh, but that's what I do. I just go see them all and, and let them know I'm there, whatever they need, you know. I don't shy away from buying what we need to make the team better. Awesome. Um, you know, if you noticed Jeffrey last year, he, he was in a van. You know, this year he's in a hauler. Last year he was yep. on Cowies. This year he's on Indians. Yep. And, uh, we own some Indians, but, uh, you know, I try to support them all, whether it's financially or just, just be there for moral support. Uh, you know, I love them all. I do. I love them all. I love all, I love all flat trackers. Anybody that throws a leg over a motorcycle that's going 140 mile an hour and turning left, they're a hero of mine. I respect uh, all these kids, whether they finish first place or they finish last place. It takes I, a blade throw to do what they do. Yeah, I love that. You, you just gave me goosebumps, Jerry, because that's that's one way to put it. I mean, they're they're out there risking their life and they're going as fast as they can, and then, like you said, throwing it in the corner at the highest rate of speed possible. So uh, that was very well said. Um, what's been the biggest challenge as a new race team in 2018? Well, I think probably the biggest challenge for us is uh, learning the Indians for the because this is our first year with Indians, and you know we've had some ups and downs with 
with that. And uh, but we've we've actually got them figured out now, and we're running strong. And uh, you know, hell, man, we won the Springfield Mile. <laughs> I mean, exactly. What, <laughs> I mean, we're not we're doing something right. And Jeffrey's you know been on the podium a lot this year. And, and, you know, Shane has been on the podium. She's won, you know, so the year started off pretty good, you know, with Kevin, you know, he won the Arizona mile and then Jeffrey won the Springfield mile. Then Shana won the Lima, then Shana won Rapid City. And then Briar just winning Pennsylvania and Jesse winning the Peoria TT. So our team, as a team, we've won six nationals this year. That's awesome. Not too shabby. No, that's, six nationals I mean, that's... out of 18 races. I mean, yeah. it's not too shabby. And that's almost all of your riders getting at least one win, too. That's what's even yeah. more impressive. It's not just one of your riders that's doing good. It's all of your riders doing good. That being said, what do you think has been the highlight of your season so far? Actually, there's been three, four, five of them. You know, I mean, our first win of the year with Kevin was huge. But winning the Springfield Mile was, I mean, all these years I've been going to Springfield. And, you know, I mean, that. That was kind of icing on the cake, you know. But you know, but Jesse winning the Peoria TT and then Shana winning Lima of all places. You know, who would have thought Shana win Lima? But she did it. She did it in grand fashion, and she looked awesome doing it. And uh, then Briar, I mean, I've just had so many highs this year. It's it's hard to have a low. I'm just so proud to be where I'm setting at right now. I'm kind of sitting in the driver's seat, I think. What Michael Locke and Chris Carr and Gene Crouch and all these guys at the AFT have done, pretty phenomenal. I think Michael has been a godsend to the AFT. I really believe that. All right. I love it. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely taking us to the forefront now, getting us on TV, getting exposure overseas. You know, you can just, the list can go on and on. So I'd have to agree with you on that. So I want to talk about your riders. I know I've got a few listed here. And if I miss somebody, you know, just throw their name out there too. But after I go down the list, I want you to tell me something special about each one of them or tell me why you picked this particular rider. But, you know, riders, you, you mentioned Kevin Stallings was first, then Jeffrey Carver, Jesse Janish, Briar Bauman, Shana Texter, uh, Johnny Lewis is on the list, Brandon Price, and then just recently announced was Trent Lowe for 2019. So let's start at the top. Uh, you already told us a little bit about why you picked Stallings. Is there any other cool stories about Kevin Stallings you want to tell us? Probably Kevin's just a good kid. You know, people don't realize, you know, and Kevin's not racing, you know. Kevin's got a good heart, and he'll be out, you know, doing things for the homeless. Uh, he's that type of kid. And uh, I remember when Parker got hurt, you know, Kevin was at the hospital just about every day with his family, and which I thought was real, real cool. So, but that's the side of Kevin that a lot of people don't know about. I think I got he's you. got that good heart. Jeffrey Carver, tell me something about him. Oh, Lordy, what's not to say about Jeffrey? Well, you know, Jeffrey's the hipster. It's what kind of Ben calls him, you know. <laughs> ben and Jeffrey are a real, real pair and a real team. Uh, I love Jeffrey like, like like a brother. He's just so laid back and he's so calm. And he's a methodical, he's a real methodical thinker. I mean, I mean, I see Ben all the time. You know, people try to come to the pits and try to talk to Jeffrey. And Ben just kind of puts up the hand and says, come back later. Because Jeffrey will get that chair and he'll, he'll get he'll get in the zone. He won't say a word for ten minutes, and then he'll say it. All right, let's take this shock and put it on this bike. Let's do this to this bike, and you know, I mean, Jeffrey can come up with some changes right for a you know a semi or a main, and we do it, and it's always for the better. That's Jeffrey it. knows these motorcycles, so it's it's real yeah. cool to work with Jeffrey. 
So the wizard just sits back there and does his pondering and then tells everybody what he wants to do. I love it. So uh, Jesse Janish, I think whenever I, I first talked to you was actually in uh, February this year at Flat Out Friday, and and Jesse Janish and you were standing there talking to each other, and I think you've kind of you know, you're kind of mentoring him a little bit. And if I'm not mistaken, he's moved down there to Dallas, Texas with you now. So tell me something about Jesse Janish. Oh, the flamboyant one. Jesse is Jesse. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, Jesse actually works for the company. And uh, my plans for Jesse and the company is to kind of run the safety aspects. So he'll run the safety program for my business. And uh, we're bringing him in slowly, but you know, he's fighting for third in the championship in the singles right now, so I've let him more concentrate on that. But he actually went out, me and him went out looking at projects today and things of that nature. He goes when I, he'll do anything I ask him to do. But he, right now, he's taking care of our race shop, and uh, I've let him kind of take kind of control of that. And we have Renee actually working with us also. She's kind of doing all of our marketing, and she does all of our Facebook and uh, Instagram and all that other social media type stuff. Uh, Renee does that. And she does a fantastic job for us. So but working with Jesse's fun. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's excellent. Good guy. How about Briar Bauman? Briar's intense. <laughs> he's an intense racer. Uh, he's really good. Actually, Briar was the first guy and that came to my mind in 2016 when I started thinking about doing what I've done. Briar was the very first guy that I, I, I think I just got through watching him win the national in Vegas. I think it was the year we may have had the super procedure out there. I'm not mm -hmm. yep. sure on that. I believe it was. Yes, sir. I watched him win that short track national. And, uh, but I always watched Briar. I always liked Briar. I knew he was a good rider. And I knew he came from, you know, his brother was a pretty good rider. I watched his brother win an 883 national, I think, one time out on the West Coast. And uh, so I really like Briar. I think Briar's a real intense rider. He can, uh, he's a big young kid, and he's, he's fast. And he's he's learning these Indians, as we as we all know, in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you beat Jared Meese, I don't care what day it is or what track it is, when you beat Jared Meese, you've done something. Yeah, you track him down and pass him and then walk away from him. So he was on it for sure on Saturday night. So the next one on the list is, is Shayna Texter. And you mentioned she's already got two wins this season. She's the only female to win in Grand National competition. But I see that's the easy choice to pick Shayna. But tell me something else about Shayna that we don't know. She's a good girl. I really like Shayna a lot. Uh, Shayna usually calls me twice a week. We usually don't talk about racing. We, we eventually get into it, but she... She wants to know how I'm doing, you know. How's your leg doing? You know, you feeling okay? How's work? It's more of a friend friendship type thing with Shayna, and I, I think the world of her. And I've always been a Shayna Texture fan. I mean, I, I I used to love her beating up on the boys. I just I enjoyed it because I think it's really super cool <laughs> that a lady, young lady like Shayna, and that's what I always call her, young lady. Mm -hmm. uh, goes out there and kicks some boys behinds, you know. So, <laughs> and then I made a mistake by listening to one of her interviews when she spoke about her father. Oh yeah, and, and that touched my heart like nothing on planet Earth. Yeah, because uh, I mean she loved her father like no other, and I am the same with my father. I loved my father like no other. He taught me everything, whether it's motorcycle riding. Or the business that I'm in, 
But when I seen that, I seen, I said, I got to call this, this young lady. And I did. Right on. Love it. She's a good person. Yep. Johnny Lewis and his uh, riding school. Talk about that a little bit. Why you help Johnny? I like helping kids. I do. I think a lot of these kids that are racing today, their moms and their dads, it's tough on them. I mean, a lot of people don't own businesses like I do. They work for businesses like I own. So if mom and dad's kind of on a fixed income, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but racing's expensive. And if you can help a young kid, an up and young kid, you know, maybe help advance his dreams, I'm okay with that. Man, I love it. I love it, Jerry. That's that's awesome. I got a couple more on the list here. Brandon Price is the next one. Um, I, I actually, I didn't realize you helped him out as much as you do. So tell me something about Brandon. OBP 92. I like Brandon a lot. Brandon's a good kid. Brandon's fast. And Brandon has always got a smile on his face. And I think the world of Brandon. We've been helping Brandon out some throughout the year. Not as much as the others, but I always want to help Brandon get to the racetrack. And that, good stuff. That's my thing. I just want to help yep. people get to the racetrack. Love it, Jerry. And then the, the recent announcement came out, uh, I believe, last week or a little while ago. Trent Lowe will be riding for uh, for JCS Racing in 2019. Tell me why you picked up a, a rider that's not even 16 yet to go pro. Well, this kid's fast. And met him for the first time, actually, at Spring Pro Mile. And Jesse's got a good eye for talent. He really, truly does. And we had a deal set with a another up and young comer, which I just still think the world of him, but he, he went in another direction. And so Jesse says, uh, we need to look at Trent Lowe. I said, okay. So I started looking at all the data on him, and this kid's pretty wicked fast, man, and he can ride. Yeah. And met him for the first time at the Springfield Mine. He's a very nice young man, very respectful. That's what I look at when I look at people. I don't want to deal with people that is going to give me a hard time. I'm in a tough business as it is, so I want to work with people that are got a kind soul and a kind heart, and they're out there doing this stuff because they love it. It ain't for the money, as you well know, Scotty. Nobody gets right. with the motorcycles. And maybe Jared Mees, maybe, I don't know. But right. the rest of us <laughs> are. The rest of these kids are they are struggling. So, But this kid's good, and uh, I made a deal with him, and... Uh, he signed a contract with us, uh, I don't know, about a week ago, and uh, I only said one thing to him. I said, uh, you know, be respectful, support your sponsors, no meltdowns, and we'll be all good. Love it. And, uh, Love it so that. much. Yeah. And his dad so, seems like a real cool guy, you know, really nice man, so I think we're going to have some fun. Yep, I used to race against his dad quite a bit whenever I was racing, so they're a good family for sure. I think you got a good choice right there. So, those are some of the riders that you help out, but you help out more than just that. I know I've seen, you know, Roost Systems has helped out the class of 79 and friends a lot, and you just do a lot more for the sport than just the riders we mentioned, too. Yes, sir. I, if Charlie Roberts asked me for something, I'll do it. You know, I've, I haven't always went through the class of 79, and Charlie reminds me of that, but sometimes, you know, when I see a, a kid get hurt, I send money. I do whatever I can. And uh, do the best that I can. You know, sometimes you know, in our business, you know, we don't we don't get paid every Friday. You know, our money comes in 
every 60, 90 days. So even though we're a successful company, we have to watch what we spend. So sometimes I'm more free with my money than sometimes I'm not. So you just got to be smart with your money. And uh, especially towards the end of the year, because Uncle Sam wants his piece. <laughs> Absolutely. So in that press release we talked about a moment ago with Trent Lowe, uh, you mentioned JCS Racing. So is that basically an extension uh, or an extension of Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas? Yes, it is. Uh, it's actually been around for a long time. Uh, when I went into the amateur ranks, ranks with Cody Humphrey, uh, that's where it was formed, JCS Racing. Now, I would have been content just to stay Roof Systems and with the racing but my accountant and the Texas Workers' Comp Association uh, say differently, you know. So we had to separate them, so we just kind of brought JCS Racing back to life. It always was a, a company. It's an incorporated business, and uh, here we are. So uh, Okay, and, sounds uh, good. We are, we are in talks with some pretty big sponsors right now, and uh, we're giving our very best to – we want to land a giant corporate sponsor. I want to help Michael Locke take AFT to an extremely different level. I, I just, I just know we can do this thing. I just do. Wow, that's that's uh, you know that's awesome. That's what everybody needs and everybody wants. You know, we've always dreamed about it, and you know, for a while, everybody thought the answer was just being on TV. And I think that is just part of the equation. But you know, there's more to it than that for sure. I'm sure whatever you're doing is definitely going to help AFT. So. Um, are you planning already right now for the off season for, you know, for 2019 for your team? Oh, absolutely. We've got three riders already set for 2019, which will be Jesse Janis, uh, Trent and Trent Lowe and Jeffrey Carver. Uh, that's our three. As of right now, we're working on some deals, uh, with, a with another rider and, uh, which everybody knows him and he's a really a talented, talented young guy and a, really good friend of ours uh, we just got to make it happen i won't mention his name at the present time but uh because i don't want to jinx it okay. but if it happens it's going to be a, it's, if, if we pull this deal off what we're trying to pull off right now it's going to be a really big deal for american fly track and our entire team it's going to be huge okay well i'm not going to press you a little bit further than that i i had initially wanted to ask the next question can you tease us with anything for 2019 you kind of did a little bit but uh We'll let you wait on that. We'll watch for those press releases coming from Red, uh, who's your marketing manager. How's that? That's awesome. Thank you. All right. So uh, here, here we go. I'll throw you this one, though. What, what is your five- to ten-year vision for you, Roof Systems, and JCS Racing? Well, I, I want to be in business until the day I die. You know, I'm, not, I'm never going to quit. Uh, that's when people die, and I can't do that. So I, I love being in the roofing and sheet metal businesses. I've been in it for 44 years. It's the only job I ever had in my life. And uh, it's been very good to me and my family. And I want to be racing until the very end. Right? I can't walk no more. Maybe I've got Alzheimer's or something. I don't know. But I want to be racing. I love it. And I got a partner out of Indiana that I'm working with. And he's actually another roofing contractor that we're trying to pull off a miracle with. And if we do this, it's just going to be huge so we're excited we're excited Man, I'm, I'm excited right now I, I i wish you could just tell us what's going on but I'm, I'm excited for you right now and excited for the sport and excited for the riders that you help out so uh tell me something 
I don't know about Jerry Sinchfield. Well, I love playing the guitar with my son. My, my son is a professional musician, and he is extremely talented. I love to hear him play. So we have a house full of guitars, and I mean probably I don't know, 24, 25 really nice pieces of, of artwork, what I call them artwork, that hang on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I love playing music with my son. And uh, I usually work seven days a week. If I'm not at a racetrack, I'm usually working, whether it be in my office or out in the field with the fellas, because I have so much respect for the employees that work with us. Uh, I won't hesitate to get on a rooftop on a Sunday morning with them. It doesn't bother me at all. Hard That's work never killed anybody. That's right. I love it. So tell me this, what advice would you give anyone else that's out there looking to start their own race team? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you need a little money. You need a lot of hoospa. Uh, and you got to be brave and you got to be not afraid to go for it. So you have to kind of get your ducks in a row, I guess you'd say, you know? Okay. Yep. I got you. How different is your view of the sport now that you're a team owner? I'm such a guy that likes being involved with the teams. You know, I don't know if I, I view it differently from maybe like I see where the vision where Michael has and Chris and Gene has. I see where we want to take it, but I also see where the riders come from. You know, I don't think they get paid enough money for what they do. So I think that's something we can all work on in the future. Okay. I love it. So we're at the part of the episode. It's Graham's question. Graham is my grandma. I don't know if you, you said you, you've listened to every episode, so I don't probably have to explain yep. it to you, but she loves flat track more than I think she loves her husband and probably more than she loves me. She loves flat track, but she wants to know what has been the biggest surprise as a flat track team owner. What's been your biggest surprise? Oh, inconsistency. That is the one thing that I've I've had the a hard time getting used to because I had Ben ask me, we got third place at the Springfield Mount. Were you disappointed? I said, oh, no. But when you win it, you know, like a couple months ahead, earlier, and you don't win it again, I think, you know, in the back of your mind, you want to win it so bad again, you know, you want to beat the champ again so bad. And I think, you know, inconsistency. So that that's a killer for me. All right. Interesting. So now it's time for our rapid fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you the question, are you ready? Yes, sir. What is your favorite motorcycle that you've ever ridden yourself? FDR 750 Indian. Good answer. I love it. One day I'm going to get to throw my leg on one. I promise you. I'm, that's that's one of my goals. I think I've got set. I got set goals for myself, and that's got to be one of them. So, uh, what has been your favorite event in the 2018 season, and why? Springfield Mile winning it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I knew that one was coming. So uh, here's a random one. How many Indians do you own? Six. All right. I don't know. I wasn't sure if you're going to tell me that one, so I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you can tease us about the future of Roost Systems and JCS Racing? Well, as I was saying earlier, 
I got a good buddy of mine that we're partnering up with out of Indianapolis. And we had meetings today with a huge, huge sponsor. And they did not tell us yes. They did not tell us no, but we did ask for a large sum of money. So, but I think they're going to hook up with this and it's going to make some, for some very interesting racing in 2019. We are also working on a deal I'll just say with the factory. I'll put it to you like that. Awesome. Good stuff. I, I appreciate I appreciate the tease right there. I know I know you can't say anything more, but I do appreciate it. So uh last rapid fire question. You mentioned that you're a fan of guitars. If you had to choose your favorite guitar, which one is your favorite? A nineteen seventy six Gibson Hummingbird that my father gave me. Awesome. Do you still play it? I do. I look at it more than I play it. I play my guilds. I'm a big guild collector of guild guitars, but my Gibson is a beautiful piece, and uh, and so I like to look at it because it reminds me of my dad. Good stuff. We're at the end of the episode, and we usually let the writers thank everybody, but right now I want to ask if you want to say thanks to anyone for, for anything that's gotten you so far where you're at right now today. I do. I want to thank Jeffrey Carver. Ben Evans for allowing me to be part of that group and Kevin Stallings and his family and Shana and uh, Briar and Jesse Red. I, I want to thank them all. I mean, I love my riders and my teams. I do. I love all these young kids. They're very special to me. But Michael Locke has been a friend of mine. And when Michael invited me to go to London, and we took Shana and Jeffrey Carver and I mean, Shana was probably going anyway, but, you know, she's part of our group. And uh, that was one of the coolest things that anyone could ever do for me. And I, I can't thank Michael enough. Um, Michael's uh, a special human being. And I, I, I just can't thank him enough for what he's done for me. And Scott Taylor, the guy with uh, Shana, Shana's manager, he's been a real true friend. Uh, I want to thank him. But I want to thank all my riders and these mechanics, and we're also going to thank Andrew Butler for coming on board. Andrew's going to be working with us in 2019. I'm very stuff. excited about that, along with Sam Lowe, wrenching, helping Trent. So we're going to come in with probably new haulers, new rigs, and uh, you name it. We're going to, going to make a splash. You're already making a splash. I think you're going to make a tidal wave. How's that? I just want to say thank you, you know, on behalf of the riders, on behalf of people with AFT, Thank you for what you're doing for not only the riders that you're you know, sponsoring, but you know the riders that you've helped that are, are mending and healing up right now. And, and thanks for being a part of Flat Track. You know, the family just continues to grow, and, and we appreciate it. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to be with us here on Off the Groove. Thank you very much, Scotty. I appreciate it, and I'll, I'll keep listening to all your, all your podcast episodes. Thank you so much. Jerry Stenchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, and JCS Racing. We want to thank Jerry for his time. It is awesome to know we have such passionate people supporting our series and riders. As always, we'd like to thank you for listening as well. Smash that like button, follow us on Facebook, and tell your friends about the podcast. Can't end this week's episode without hearing from you, the fans. Here are the thoughts from last week's topic, Lewis versus Coolbath. Scotty, I think you're doing a great thing, and this is a, a hot topic to say the least. Probably 
one of the worst moves I've seen the AFT make in recent years. It's it's incorrect. They know how many races Kenny Coolbeth has left for his career. Very disappointed. I feel really bad for Kenny, actually. I, he didn't get the name King of Cool. His, his last name could be Grape. He could be Kenny Grape. He'd still be the King of Cool because of the way that he carries himself. And it's it's unfair. You know, the AFT has days to reverse their decision, and I hope they do, and I feel like calling them because that would give Kenny enough time to get a bike ready to go run. I mean, he couldn't even finish the race. But Kenny Coolbeth is the real deal. That's really all I got to say. The King of Cool, about ready to retire, obviously very unhappy. And for the King of Cool to lose his cool, I think that says something right there. Going into the year, what does he have to lose? Everything that was handed down to both riders was based upon the rules and fair. Kenny, um, maybe he should have been given a little leniency, being his last two races, but rules so that is 100% fair. But if you uh, look at it and how those guys are riding, and that's honestly what AFT needs. They need stuff like this. They need the drama. They need the action where people can choose sides. That's uh, back in the day. That's what made NASCAR great. Like it or lump it, it's my opinion. I do believe that the Johnny Lewis move was not a good move. Um, it was too aggressive. But I think Kenny Coolbeth, as a champion of the sport, should have been able to contain his temper. I think that the penalties were appropriate for what happened. Um, dirty riding is dirty riding, but off the racetrack, hitting somebody, I thought it was just a punch, but actually getting to see him actually, you know, push him and punch him, that was just wrong. You know, I think that, that um, you know, I think Mr. Coolbeth, you know, do the old one-two, and I, I think Mr. Lewis, you know, he, he clam up, and it would have been just really awesome if Coolbeth would have just swung back and... And, and, and it could have just went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. It would have been way more action than the actual race. You know what I mean? I would have, I would have probably just paid more money to see them guys just go blow-to-blow. -blow. The sport needs it. I say it's good in my book. Well, I was watching the race, practice, everything, and I already told four people, I said, he's going to take somebody out. I said, he's riding over his head. He was coming in low, hard, sliding into people in practice, and I... I called it in practice. I knew it was going to be a problem. Listen, I don't think that Kenny should have punched him, but I understand why he did it. I do think the penalty for him was too tough, though. He only has two races left. Let him race. Be sure to call us following the races this weekend and let us know your thoughts on the new format. 904-395-5956. Talk to you next week. We wrap up the 2018 season from the Meadowlands.